Amen. Turn with me to 2 Timothy, if you would. 2 Timothy in the third chapter. Father, in the name of Jesus, before we receive communion today, we take time to minister the word and to feed on your word. Thank you for encouragement and edification. Thank you for building us up. You said in your word that the word of the Lord would build us up and to give us a glorious inheritance. So we rehearse what we already have heard. But Lord, we know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we honor you today for utterance. We give you praise in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 In Second Timothy, the third chapter, Paul, you know, is addressing uh, Timothy. And he's addressing him with spiritual truths that are not just for Timothy, but they're for all of us. You know, one of the things Paul said to Timothy was to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, we all have been given grace upon grace and layer upon layer of it. Amen? Amen. And so we can be strong in the grace of God. In your life, you need to access the grace of God. Amen? Amen? Another thing that he told Timothy was this. He said, now, I want you to stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. The, the, there were the laying out of hands that happened to Timothy's life. And the charisma, the, chari- the, the charismata, the, the, the gift of the Spirit was imparted to him. And Paul said, now, look. You need to attend to that and make sure you're stirring this gift of God that's on the inside of you. And then he went on to tell him, he said, because God didn't give you a spirit of fear. But God gave you a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen. Now, here's another thing that that Paul is writing to Timothy, but he's also writing like he would be writing in 2019 right here today. He says, this know also... That in the last days, the last days, how many of you believe that we're in the last days? Well, evidently, Paul believed he was in the last days, right? The last days. I believe that we are in this glorious dispensation of grace where this dispensation is about to end. And we see two kingdoms that are very active in these final days, in these last days. One, darkness. The other, darkness light, the kingdom of God. And we are encouraged not to be discouraged by the darkness that is in this world that is coming to pass during this age, but rather we're to live on the victory side. We're to live on happy street where the scripture says we are not to be overcome with evil. In other words, we're not to be overcome by the things that darkness is bringing into this earth. But you and I, as part of the glorious church, even in the midst of perilous times, we are to overcome evil with good. We are to overcome evil with good. Well, what is good? Who is good? God is good. What is good? Who is good? The Word is good. And when you look at the word goodness in the book of Exodus, the word goodness is equated with glory. Now for the world, times are perilous. But when you're a part of the kingdom of God, we're part of the glorious church. And one way that we overcome evil, we overcome evil with the goodness of God and with the glory of God. And praying and believing to see an outpouring of His glory and an outpouring of His goodness like we've yet to see. You know, Jesus encourages us to have faith for the glory. 
faith for the glory. How many of you know we need the presence of God in the midst of our enemies? The presence of God always trumps darkness. So now notice this. He said over here, This know also that in the last days, perilous, difficult, even savage times will come. We're seeing that. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful and unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such fellowship with. No, from such turn away. Amen. Turn away. In other words, turn away from darkness and turn your heart with every bit of your heart toward Him. And so I had this thought this morning, how then should we conduct ourselves? How then should we, who are in right standing with God, how shall we live then in these last days? How are we going to conduct ourselves in the last days? When you see tragedy every week, every day, when you know that things in the natural realm don't look good, how are we to live? Well, I tell you one way we're to live. We're to live in the 91st Psalm. We're to live in the 91st Psalm. So I want you to turn over there this morning, and I want to encourage you with the words of this psalm. I can remember when we were in Israel years ago, when we went there with Billy Brim and a a group of ministers, every morning when we would get on the bus, we would pray the 91st Psalm. I think that would be a good thing for us to pray this regularly. I think this would be a good thing for us to personalize the 91st Psalm on a regular basis. And so we would sit in that bus, and she gave us a little card, and I believe it was the Amplified Version, and we all began to put our heart in what we were saying and declaring the 91st Psalm over our lives. Because we declared that no weapon formed against us was going to prosper, and no evil was going to befall us, neither was any plague going to come into our dwelling, because He's given His angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. Amen. Amen? We sang that song about being surrounded today. Aren't you glad that when you fear the Lord, you can be surrounded by a great company of angels? Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and say, Thank you, Lord, for angelic protection. So there's three major themes in Psalms 91. Number one is presence. Number two is protection. And number three is promises. Notice with me, it says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Did you know that you can have your very own secret place? What is our secret place? Our secret place is the presence of the Most High God. It is dwelling in His presence. It is abiding in His Word. It is fellowshipping with the Heavenly Father. Now notice with me this word dwell. This word dwell means to take up residence. In other words, you don't don't come and go, but you live in His presence. You know, some people are very uh, comfortable to visit God when they get in trouble. 
They just kind of want a quick fix. Kind of like a microwave miracle. But that's not how it works. All of these promises in the 91st Psalm are really contingent upon one thing. For those who live, who dwell in the secret place of the Most High. What is that? That's living in vital union and in vital communion with Him. That's not just getting a promise out of the promise box every now and then. That's not just coming to church every now and then when it's reasonable or when you have time. No, that's being all in for Him. That's being all in for the Word and all in for His presence. Jesus said it this way. He said, dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Now, here's another thing about this secret place. This secret place is not to be found in just one location. How many of you know when you leave your house, God leaves with you? Did not he say, I will never, ever leave you nor forsake you? When you got in your car and you drove to church, God's sitting right there with you. When you talk to him anytime you need to, how many of you know, if you listen, he will talk to you. No matter where you are, you can dwell in the secret place of the Most High. And included in this secret place is a supernatural place of rest. We can rest in God. In the midst of turbulent times. We can have rest in God. In the midst of perilous seasons. Because we have the peace of God. We know that God is directing our steps. We know that He only has victory in store for us. In our household. Say it with me. I'm always. In the right place. At the right time. With the right people. And I'm doing the right things. Now notice with me, because you're spending time in there then, in that secret place, you'll begin to say or you'll begin to declare some things. It is so important to believe God's word, but also to say God's word. That's what biblical confession is. Biblical confession basically is saying the same thing about yourself that God says. Now notice what we can say. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord... He is my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God. And in you do I trust. Hallelujah. You can have what you say. I said you can have what you say. So as you do your part by being in his presence and by saying what he said about you, notice with me the promises of God. In verse 3, surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. Amen. And from the noisome pestilence, he's going to cover you with his feathers. And under his wings, what are you going to do? You're going to trust. His truth will be your shield and your buckler. Now notice in verse 5. Thou shalt not be what? I want you to pay particular attention to that. During this season of perilous times, you must make the quality decision, you are not going to fear. Say it with me, I shall not be. I shall not be. I shall not be afraid. I will not fear, for the Lord is on my side. And in His glory and in His presence, I do abide. 
Glory to God. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. We've already said it, that Satan is the destroyer, is he not? But we are not to be afraid of the destroyer because we've got someone on our side, someone living on the inside that has already destroyed the destroyer for us. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Amen. Can you say amen? Amen. Now a thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come nigh thee. Only with your eyes shall you behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because now you have made the Lord, who is your refuge, even the Most High, thy habitation. Have you made him your dwelling place? Have you made him your habitation? Well, here's the promise. Glory to God. Because you've done that, read verse 10 and 11 with me. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. Now notice this word plague. The word plague there in another translation means accidents. Did you know you're redeemed from accidents? Did you know you're redeemed from crazy people driving their cars? Amen. Well, let's start over again. Read verse 10 and 11. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. For he will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. Is that good news? It is. Now I'm going to read verse 12. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread. In other words, you shall walk on top of serpents and scorpions. In other words, the enemy is under your feet. And Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over a third of the power of the enemy. No, thank God he's given us power over all the power of the enemy. Amen? It says, So you'll tread upon the lion and adder. The young lion and the dragon you will trample under feet. Because you have set your love upon me. This is the promises of God for you. Because you're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Because you're declaring that He is your fortress. He is your rock. He is your refuge. Because of this, He said, I will deliver Him. We serve a delivering God. How many of you can remember when your sin was rolled away and you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were immediately delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. Glory to God. Such a great deliverance. Such a great salvation. Can we shout about it today? But now understand, this deliverance is ongoing. It didn't just affect your spiritual destination, but it also affects your current situation. What current situation? Well, whatever you might need deliverance from. You might need deliverance from smoking. Who knows? You might need deliverance from eating boogers. I don't know. But whatever the case may be, we serve a delivering God. And whatever you, wherever you are in your present situation, God says, I'm your deliverer. I'm your fortress. I'm for you. I'm on your side. Fear not. The hand of the Lord is upon you for good. Amen. Amen. Woo. Can anybody testify this morning 
that a, a weapon was formed against them, but God delivered you from it. <laughs> Glory to God. Whew, hallelujah. I've got a word for you on Wednesday night that I'm going to preach about that. But suffice it to say that he has delivered you, but he is currently delivering us. Amen. And he yet will deliver us. How many of you know we're not always going to be doing what we're doing right now? There's coming a day when the trumpet shall sound and Jesus will come back after his own. Amen. And forever we will dwell in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. Deliverance is yours. Protection is yours. Freedom is yours. Joy is yours. And victory is in the house of the Lord today. I will set him on high because he has known my name. Oh, dear saints, we've been given the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. I encourage you today to get up every morning and take your authority and declare in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, no devil, no evil, no principality, no power shall overcome me because I've been given the name. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, I bind you and prohibit you in my life in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Woo. Amen. Glory. Lost my place. I'll be with him. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. He says, call unto me and I will answer thee and I will show thee great and mighty things that you know not. I'll be with him in trouble. Anybody ever faced any trouble? You don't want to go through trouble without him. The good news is you've got him living on the inside of you. You've got the troublemaker, amen, coming against you. But you've got the one who still stills the storm living on the inside of your life. Amen. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. I will honor him. Notice verse 16. Are you ready to shout? Verse 16. Let's read it together. With long life will I satisfy him. And I'm going to show him my salvation. He didn't say with wrong life. He said with long life I will satisfy him. You might just well keep on living. Live on until you're satisfied. And when you're not satisfied just go on to be with the Lord. Or when you get fully satisfied, glory to God, just go to sleep in Jesus. I'm going to satisfy him. And I'm going to show him my salvation. I'm going to show him my healing. I'm going to show him my protection. I'm going to show those who live for me, those who will live holy, those who will present their bodies as living sacrifices unto me, those that will sell out completely. I'm going to show them my salvation. I'm going to show them my goodness. Hallelujah. Amen. So how then shall we live in these last days? We shall live in the 91st Psalm. How is it that you and I should live and must live? Well, I'm glad you asked. Turn over to Romans chapter 1 and notice with me in verse 17. Romans, the first chapter in the 17th verse. Hallelujah. How shall we live? Romans 1.17 says, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Who are the just? Who are the just? The just are those who have been justified by Him through faith in the blood of Jesus. 
When you called upon the name of the Lord, he came into your life and he justified you. The word justified means he made you and put you into right standing with him. Charles Capps used to say it like this. Justified means that you can stand in the presence of a holy God. Justified, never sinned before. Amen. So who are those that are justified? Some of you haven't got it yet. Or you just don't want to get it. Who are those that are justified? All right, that's better. So he says here then that the just, those that have been justified, those that have been put into right standing, shall live by faith. How shall we live? In these last days, we shall live by, believe by, talk by, act by, conduct ourselves by, we shall live by faith. Now listen, living by faith is living a life that is free from fear. Look with me at Philippians chapter 1. And notice with me in verse 28. I just want to encourage you today. There's so much bad news. I want to give you some good news. Are you receiving it today? Amen. In Philippians, the first chapter. And now notice with me in verse 28. It says something very important to you and to me. Philippians 1.28. Bearing in mind, we're living in the secret place. And in the last days, we're living by faith. Amen. In Philippians, the first chapter, and I believe it is verse 28. Notice this, in nothing terrified by who? You could say it this way, in nothing terrified by demons. In nothing terrified by what the enemy's doing. In nothing terrified by your enemies, which is to them an evident token of perdition. What does that mean? Perdition means destruction. When you and I conduct ourselves in that secret place and we live by faith, it is a sign to the devil that their doom and their destruction is coming very soon. That's good news. But it is also to you a token of salvation or deliverance and that of God. Amen? And nothing terrified by your adversaries. I'd like to look at that in the Amplified Version here. And uh, I like the way the Amplified says it. We'll get it up here in just a minute. It says, And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and your adversaries. This, my friends, is a quality decision. This is a decision where I've made the decision I'm going to walk by faith and live by faith and that means I'm not going to be frightened for a moment. I'm not going to yield to fear. Amen? Amen? By your opponents and adversaries. For such constancy, in other words, being consistent to walk by faith and fearlessness will be a clear sign, a proof and a seal to them of their impending destruction. (laughs) But a sure token... And evidence of your deliverance and your salvation and that from God. Oh, lift up your hands right now and say, I refuse to be frightened for one moment by my adversaries. I refuse to be intimidated by perilous times. I'm part of the glorious church. I am believing and I am receiving the goodness of God. 
right here in the Bay Area, right here in the United States of America, in Jesus' name. Now right before we receive communion, I want you to turn lastly to 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5, and notice with me in verse 8 and in verse 9. 1 Peter 5 and verse 8 and 9. He says over here, be sober, right? Be vigilant. What does the word vigilant mean? Okay, so be sober, be watchful. It also means to be steadfast, right? So be sober and be steadfast, be watchful. Why? Because your adversary, remember, he's an enemy to your enemies, and he's an adversary to your adversary, right? That's God. But he says, now I want you to be watchful because your adversary is very persistent. The devil. As a roaring lion, what does he do? He walks about seeking whom he what? He may devour. He is the devourer. He is the destroyer. And he's walking about, notice with me, who he may devour. In other words, he's looking for access. He's looking for an entrance. He's looking for a place of someone whom he may devour. Now, when I was a little boy, I went to Catholic schools from the time I was in first grade up until through 12th grade. And I would raise my hand and uh, I would say, now, can I go to the bathroom? And she would look at me, can you? (laughs) And finally I got it. And I said, may I? Right? I said, yes, you may. I don't think this has anything to do with the message, but I just thought I'd tell you that. He's coming about seeking whom he may devour. That means he may not devour anyone and everyone that he walks about to devour. Why don't we make the decision, we are going to be one of them who he may not devour. Now, in other words, for, for that to be real in my life, I can't give him any place. I can't give him access. Listen, the number one way that the enemy gets access into believers' lives is through fear. It's through fear. So if we shut down the fear and we live by faith, say, he may not devour me. Hallelujah. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Read verse 9. This is you, this is me. Whom resist steadfast with what? Resist him steadfastly with your faith. One translation says, has God given you faith? Do you know that you have the measure of mountain-moving faith in your spirit? Amen. Amen. You have the measure of faith whereby you can resist the enemy in any weapon that he forms against you. Amen. Amen. So I rest my case today. I believe in the 91st Psalm and I pray protection over all of you in the name of Jesus. I pray a blessing over your life. Stand up with me right now just for a moment.
raise your right hand toward me and say this. I'm dwelling. I am living in the secret place of the Most High. I say of the Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress, my God, and in you I trust. I thank you, Lord, that you have given us the privilege to live by faith in the last of the last days. I thank you for 1 John 5, 4, which says, well, whatsoever is born of God, hallelujah, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even my faith. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Have you been encouraged today?